This Major Spoilers podcast is brought to you by Tenzel Chem. I had something written down, but I think he ate it, so let's just move on. The Major Spoilers podcast is sponsored in part by the Mid-Ohio Con, October 3rd and 4th in Columbus, Ohio. For more information, visit midohiocon.com. The show is also sponsored in part by Past Generation Toys. Past Generation Toys has a large selection of Star Wars, G.I. Joe, and Marvel toys. Visit them on the web at pastgenerationtoys.com. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, Goofy versus Wolverine. Silent Bob tackles the Dark Knight, and Rodrigo squares off with Steve Reeves. Plus, we finally find out what happened to the Silver Agent, and it's not pretty. Speaking of Silver Age, did you hear the one about how Barry Allen's back and he's still duller than dishwater? And one faithful spoilerite figures out how Steven's mind works, and Rodrigo and I would love some <laughs> pointers on that one. Thank you very much. Hey, Ma, if you could see us now, arms spread wide on the starboard bow, gonna fly this boat to the moon somehow. Never thought I'd be on a boat. It's a big blue watery road. Never thought I'd see the day. Believe me when I say I fucked a mermaid. Take a good hard look, because the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. It's never too early, everybody, to get that adult tag on the uh, Major Spoilers podcast. <laughs> you can bleep it. Just bleep it. It'll be awesome. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another exciting issue of the show. We've got a lot lined up. This week, I'm super busy. I'm trying to get a, uh, a video done mm -hmm. at the university, and it's a big deal. And I, th I thought, okay, Monday morning, I can come in. I can sit down, and I can just work, because Mondays are slow days for the mm -hmm. comic book crowd. Not a lot happening. Eh, there may be some movie news that comes out. There may be a little bit of this and that and some press releases coming out. But no, what happens Monday morning? The internet gets split right down the middle. Literally cracked in half with the you know news. Interesting? I can't decide whether to call it Dizvel or Marnie. <laughs> the news that Disney bought Marvel <gasps> for four billion dollars that's a b with or billion dollars that was it there was no there was like no other news on monday except for that yeah that is like I, the story of the of the century to see this happen and for once quesada's belief that he was going to crack the internet in half really actually happened and it's kind of i don't know this is like the second week in a row that otter disasters major spoilers adventures have had some kind of effect the next week Mm -hmm. Some sort of eerie premonition. Maybe, maybe, maybe Otter Disaster, if he's listening, will somehow find a way to help me win the damn lottery <laughs> so we can all quit our day jobs and do this full time because we could do a whole show just over the House of Mouse buying the House of Ideas. Now, check this out. Here's what we know so far. This was from the press uh, conference or the call-in meeting that they had with people. I had a chance to listen to it. Uh, number one, the Marvel Disney deal is going to be complete by the end of the year. It's got to go through some government monopoly financing, but all the shareholders are on board. Disney is going to give away 59 million shares of Disney stock to Marvel shareholders. Bam. As part of this deal. Wow. 
Um, what are those worth? Like twenty seven thousand dollars? I you know I don't know what they are right now. I think interestingly, this is what happened to the stock market after the uh, announcement. Marvel stock rose by I think four dollars. And Disney stock dropped by about 3%. Hmm. I, could, I could look it up right now to tell you the truth. I've got this handy-dandy iPhone app that tells me what's going on with the... Uh... Hello. Welcome to iPhone. My name is iPhone. How may I help you? Okay, hey, so looks like Disney... A looks like you're writing a letter. Disney shares of stock right now are worth $25.68. This is as of this recording on Tuesday evening. Down one and a three-eighths percent. Marvel stock is also down slightly, uh, 1.39% to $47. So Marvel stock is actually worth a little bit more than Disney's right now because of this exchange in stock that's Mm -hmm. going to happen with this. They want this to be done by the end of the year. They ran through a bunch of numbers. This is the most interesting thing. They're paying $4 billion in this deal, but Disney expects to start recouping its money or having it paid off in two years. Wow. That's amazing to be be able to bring in $4 billion in two years from this deal. Uh, They say that they want to make sure that Marvel characters turn into... They want to make sure that there's a lot of Marvel characters that have Iron Man success, meaning that this is a lot about movies and not so much about the comic books. Mm -hmm. Iron Man was a huge success, and so they want to capitalize on that from Disney. Disney also is looking at the television market. They mentioned that already they're running 20 hours of Marvel content on its Disney XD channel, and they hope to increase that amount. Um, There were some questions from well-respected journalists uh, asking things like, well, what happens with Spider-Man and these these Paramount deals that are mm-hmm. going on uh, with Marvel right now? Disney said, those deals are going to go through, and as soon as that five-picture deal is over, then Disney will be looking at, at as being the distributor of that. Um, let's see. What else did they have? Existing licensing and distribution deals should remain where they are. And if you had a question about Boom Studios, because they've been doing a really big thing Mm -hmm. with Disney and doing a lot of their reprints and reissues, if that's the case, existing licensing and distribution deals should remain where they are. That could be good news for Boom Studios. However, I've sent a couple of emails over to our good friend Chip Mosier, who just called me the other day, Mm -hmm. and he hasn't returned anything. So either the word from Ross Ritchie is, you guys be quiet about this, we're not going to talk about this until we know something. I don't think anybody knows what's going on with that boom duel, a boom deal, but that's what's also going on. Um, one of the things that I found most interesting was the quote made by, who was it? I, I don't know if it was Iger, Robert Iger, who's the head of uh, Disney. He says, we like what Marvel is doing, and we don't want to upset the apple cart, mm-hmm. meaning that it's business as usual for Marvel. They just have a new owner. Crack the internet in half. The nerd rage boiled all over the place. And I want to know what you guys, I want to know what you guys think of this. Rodrigo, what do you think of this big deal? You're a big Marvel fan. I am a big Marvel fan, and I'm a pretty big Disney fan. Um, That's why you're wearing those white gloves all the time, isn't it? uh, Actually, I have a skin condition. Oh, okay. Thanks for bringing it up. (laughs) (laughs) No, the, the, only real concern that I have is that there are going to be changes in Marvel, not because of Disney, not because Disney is going to come in and Disneyfy it or anything, right? But simply because it was a takeover, right? Um, you know, right now Disney's like no problem is business as usual, but as soon as they get a look at the numbers, they're like, oh, we can probably do something about this. You, you, and you are fired. We're bringing in some guy. We're uh. You know, get, getting the head of Pixar to be the head of Marvel now and shuffling around because they can do that. Okay. 
Matthew? Yes. What are your Oh, I see. Let let me let me ask you another question then while Matthew finishes swallowing what's ever. No, I'm good. <clears throat> okay, Matthew, Sorry. what do you think of I thought of this that Rodrigo deal? would be more effusive in his praise of Marvel. Generally he tries to throw in something about Chris Claremont is so wonderful. Oh, I you, met him once. That is so I do not even remember what Chris Claremont wrote. Jim Lee. If you're gonna make idol. fun I of me, do it properly. Up, when I was growing up as a young man in Mexico, I wanted to grow up and be Jim Lee. That's right. I wanted to be Asian. <laughs> well, you're halfway there. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. The 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 you want my honest opinion? Yes, yes. That's the whole point of the show. People dial in to listen to our knowledge opinions. Like we know anything. I really don't think that we're going to see a lot of difference because Marvel has had what six different owners in the time that I've been reading their comics. And it's Michael Jackson been, almost became a, an owner of Marvel. Well, they were owned by New World Pictures, by Cadence Industries. They were owned by the guy that owned Revlon, which may actually have been part of New World. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. They were owned by Toy Biz. Right. And then they almost, you know, went under. I think the thing about were Marvel, they owned by as Fleer? with any publishing venture, a publishing venture is going to be based on whether it's successful. Marvel is ridiculously successful right now. They have, what, 60% of the comic book market? Yeah. It's a large I portion. That, I don't know if it's 60, but it's a large portion. Here's here's the real steel deal. We're probably not going to see a thing in terms of Disney-mandated changes. But now, anybody who loves Marvel, anybody who gets fired from Marvel, anybody who hates Marvel has a built-in bad guy, a built-in scapegoat to say, mm. well, Disney made us make these changes. I sincerely doubt that we're going to, you know, come in and have them tell, well, Wolverine is too violent. So instead of stabbing people, he has to push them off a cliff and they go, ah, parachute. <laughs> exactly. I don't believe that's going to happen. I believe that Marvel is a vastly, vastly profitable chunk of publishing right now. And I think until that changes... And, you know, honestly, on, on a corporate level, it's going to be hard to say what change entails. You know, going from $54 billion to $12 billion or whatever it is, you know, that sort of change. Until there's a change, I don't think we're going to see Disney coming in and stepping all over Marvel's toes. I think that the guys who run Marvel, the guys who editorial day-to-day -day in the trenches, aren't really getting a whole lot of editorial thing from above. Joe Quesada is probably El Jefe del Mundo. And Joe Quesada may get, you know, uh, well, the, the guys upstairs wanted you to try and make this a little more viewer-friendly. But I doubt that Joe Quesada gets notes from, you know, Michael Eisner or Iger or whomever. Iger, still Robert, Robert Iger. I doubt that Robert <laughs> Iger is going to be, you know, going to Joe Quesada and going, um, we really want to see a Texas Twister goofy team up uh, at this point. You know who and I think? Quesada will go, oh, wait, my name's Joe justice <laughs> you know you know who i think is most in danger from this uh this merger or this uh acquisition who howard the duck well see he that's has the to be sweating thing. bullets because yeah. now he's surrounded by cute animals well but see that's the question though and, and matthew you might be able to clarify this and rodrigo too howard the duck started out as a take on donald duck and that led to a lot of lawsuits which one of them being howard had to put pants on hmm. and now maybe we can undo all that is no. that the case or not? No. Howard the Duck 
started out as a funny animal character, as a one-shot joke, who became very, very popular. He never really had any input, never really had any Donald the Duck satire in him. Howard the Duck was a satire of culture, of people in the 70s, of, you know, people living in a depressed climate, people, you know, in a gas crisis acting like idiots. And there came a point where Disney said, Cease and desist, because he's a duck who wears no pants. Right. So Marvel and Disney decided, well, we'll just make him wear pants. One of the reasons that Marvel, if you actually read Steve Gerber's last uh, Howard the Duck miniseries, Howard is not a duck in this miniseries. He's a mouse wearing white gloves. Mm -hmm. But in any case, Howard the Duck was legally obligated to put on pants. And at that point, really, Howard the Duck lost a lot of his cachet for me and a lot of what made him interesting they basically went in and legally neutered the character okay so, so yeah it... disney disney did say that howard was infringing upon their intellectual property but howard was not really meant to be a version of donald or any of the you know duck people but isn't that the big nerd oh. nerd rage <laughs> the nerd rage fear right now is that disney now is going to start going all right, Howard needs to put on pants, and Wolverine needs to stop smoking cigars, and he needs to get a haircut, and he needs well, to stop let me saying. Well, Joe Quesada did that. Well, yeah, I know that's the thing. Is is uh, is uh, uh, not Sergeant Rock? Uh, um, Sar Nick, Fury, Nick Fury. Is he any worse off for not smoking a cigar? Do no, you remember a few voice. years ago when Peter Milligan was writing X Factor? No, because I don't read Marvel comics. Okay, a couple years ago, Pete Milligan was writing an arc of, I think it was actually X-Force, forgive me. And in this <laughs> arc of X-Force, Pete Milligan solicited an issue where they resurrected Princess Diana, turned her into a mutant, and made her a celebrity mutant superstar. Okay. Marvel approved this. It went through editorial. The books were ready to go. And A.V. Arid and right. people above them in the Marvel hierarchy came down and went, um, guys at the point where this was already essentially planned. And Marvel went back and they redid the story a little bit and they basically got to tell a portion of the story that they wanted to tell. But I don't think that the suits at Disney, the people who are actually in the company that own the shell company, that bought the company, that runs Marvel, and Marvel, you know, the number crunchers at Marvel, I, I really don't think that we're going to have that kind of input on the product. I think it's going to be after the fact at best. It's mm -hmm. going to be like, oh, you you guys shouldn't have printed that. Or Disney would like to apologize for the issue of Wolverine in which he, you know, digs up Mother Teresa and dances the Watusi with her corpse. I don't think that they're really going to see so many changes. Again, Marvel is phenomenally, ridiculously, absolutely profitable. Disney well, wants to be profitable. Going back to what you you said earlier, uh, some of the nerd rage. Oh, they're going to start canceling comic books. Well, the might. bean counters are going to get. No, they're already doing that. If something falls below a level, you know, Captain Britain and MI thirteen get the axe. Okay, it's not it's not Disney. If Wolverine doing this stuff. falls below level, Captain Britain gets the axe. <laughs> it's not Disney doing this stuff. It's smart Why business comic people. Why this we shoot this Captain Britain? It's it's smart business people doing their job mm -hmm. in saying this doesn't sell, therefore, in a good business sense, we have to cancel it. Now, I think everybody that I read, not only on the major spoiler site, but on all many other websites that, that happened, uh, that posted this information At yesterday six and had, a, had an exchange, most people are all worried about the comic books, okay? Mm -hmm. Comic books are a drop in the bucket compared to what 
other things that that Marvel has, just like DC. Warner Brothers could care probably a flip less about what's happening over in the Wildstorm universe right now Mm -hmm. because they have other bigger properties to deal with and more things, you know, the intellectual Superman, Batman properties than they care to, to know with. To do with, you know, they just whatever Superman, Batman, keep them coming. Yep. We'll crank it out. We'll put them on, slap them on merchandising and movies. That's all we care about. That's kind of the same thing that's going on here with with Walt Disney Studios. And you have to remember, Walt Disney Studios, Walt Disney, the Walt Disney Company, started out as a short subject motion picture company, and then they said, "Hey, why don't we do a feature picture called Snow White and the Seven Dwarves?" And they started expanding and growing. This is what Disney owns now. They own radio, television, publishing, and travel. In the form of Walt Disney Studio Entertainment, which is comprised of Walt Disney Motion Picture Group, Disney Music Group, Walt Disney Theatrical. They have Disney ABC Television, Radio Disney, ESPN, Disney Interactive Media, Disney Consumer Products, Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, which include all of the ones that you guys know, and probably and ones that you didn't. you don't know. Exactly. I didn't know they had Disney Cruise Lines. Yeah. And they have Walt Disney Television, Walt Disney Pictures, uh, Walt Disney uh, Touchstone Pictures, Miramax mm-hmm. Films, all of these others. Now... Uh, yes, that sounds like a big conglomerate. It sounds like great. Marvel should fit right in with that. Money, 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 money. But what about my comics? Oh, the nerd rage goes on. They're going to start tampering with things. Okay, let's look at this motion picture group a little bit more in depth. I said Walt Disney Television, which is ESPN. Mm -hmm. And the last time that I looked on ESPN, I don't see Disney mucking about with what's going on ESPN. You never see Disney stuff on ESPN unless they're covering Mighty Ducks Hockey, Angels Baseball, University of Oregon sports, or running that, you just won the Super Bowl, what are you going to do now, commercials, mm-hmm. right? Now, if people are wondering about the University of Oregon, University of Oregon and Walt Disney had an agreement before Walt Disney died that they could use the Donald Duck character as their mascot. Nice. So, otherwise, you don't see Goofy sitting on the set of Around the Horn. Yeah. You don't see any Disney and, influence and on in, ESPN at and all. And, in fact, ESPN runs some kind of edgy promos yes they do and has some edgy programming okay let's... i mean some commentators that are not you know they're not nice they're right. not it's not disney right let's talk about not so nice content in the form of the motion pictures group the motion picture group is comprised of walt disney television i already mentioned walt disney pictures touchstone pictures which was the movie that released splash that was their very first movie with that daryl mm-hmm. hannah tom hanks miramax what? films Hollywood Pictures, Walt Disney Animation Studios, Pixar Animation Studios, and Disney Nature. That's their newest one. One of the ones I mentioned, Rodrigo, Miramax. You're probably mm-hmm. familiar with Miramax, yes. right? The Weinsteins, uh, Weinsteins, however you want to pronounce them. Up until 1993, they're the ones that own the company. Mm-hmm. Disney bought the, the, the Miramax films in 1993, and since 1993, here is a sample of some of the films that they have released. Clerks. Hmm. The Crow, Pulp Fiction, Train Spotting, Dogma, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Gangs of New York, Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2, No Country for Old Men, There Will Be Blood, and the just released Adventureland. Now, none of those films are. Point of order, there Disney-esque. is an Adventureland at Disney World. Well, this is not. This Hot. is something different. Well, yeah, uh, but what he's saying is, is I mean, what's the what's Adventureland about? Is it like, oh, look how awesome Adventureland is? No, I mean that's specifically that's specifically Disney not going in and saying, well, oh, hang on, guys, you can't t- talk about Adventureland. I, I, I really like think that. the realities. Of no, the point is, what I'm getting at here is Disney is looking at this venture from how can we make money off of this, not how can we go in and fuck it up. 
so that everybody else, we lose money on the deal. They've dropped $4 billion. And really, Disney, if you wanted to give us 0.01% of that $4, million, $4 billion, we could actually do great things here at Major Spoilers. <laughs> what is that, 86 bucks? Listen, Disney has the girls' market all locked up with the princess stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go up and you just do a search for Disney in the images section on Google, and the first thing that pops up is a group shot of Cinderella, Belle, uh, Little Mermaid, uh, Pocahontas, all the all the all the Disney fe- female characters. They've got that girls' market locked up. For the last year, they've been really trying to tap into the boy market. That's why they rebranded the Disney Channel to Disney XD, and they're showing all boy stuff or mostly boy stuff on that channel. Disney already said they had over 20 hours of Marvel stuff running on the channel. They're successful with the success of the Iron Man and Hulk movies. They realize that, hey, we could be making some money off of this deal. Mm-hmm. And you also have to look at this from Marvel's point of view. They had to really go and put a lot on the line when they got that loan to do Iron Man. That's right. And some of the other movies that they had planned. So this essentially wipes out all of their debt, number one, and gives them a cash flow to do uh, future movies. Okay, now that Disney's daddy Warbucks, Marvel Studios really doesn't have to go worrying about begging for money. And should the Avengers flop, something that Jon Favreau has even thought about or speculated, there's still money for other Marvel movies that are out there. Now, people are saying, hey, uh, uh, it's great to look what happened with uh, Pixar. Uh, They've been a hands off approach with Disney. And yeah, that's true to a point. But I don't think you're going to see Pixar doing Marvel movies. No, Pixar does not. what it, it wants to do. That's right. Okay. Would I think we're going to see a bonus out of this? I think we might, possibly, maybe, but I doubt it, see a reduction in cover price, number mm-hmm. one. Number two, I think we're going to see a greater distribution of comic books, uh, more so than what we see currently on the newsstands or at the uh, shopping centers like Walmart or or uh, B. Dalton or wherever. <laughs> And third, I do think we might see more Marvel product in front of people's eyes, more so than there already is now with the T-shirts. I don't think we're going to see a Wolverine plush toy. Well, we see those like Mighty Mugs. There are some questions, though, that that probably should be raised that haven't been answered. The biggest one is what happens with Boom Studios. Mm -hmm. We've already talked about that before. Then there's also this Diamond Book distribution question. Uh, You know, Disney has its own distribution company. Mm -hmm. If Marvel pulls out of of a diamond, that's going to destroy diamond. You might as well see them go away. They're already cutting costs left and right. Um, I don't don't think that that's a supportable statement. You don't think so? I do not think so. I do not think that Marvel pulling out of diamond means the end of diamond because it's happened before. Marvel pulled out of diamond in 1994 and diamond actually regrouped. And signed Dark Horse and DC mm-hmm. as exclusive to their mm-hmm. distribution. Mm-hmm. I, I think that having a competing distributing arm of comics is a good thing. I think yeah. it is, too. Uh, I've already kind of addressed the content question, and Matthew and Rodrigo have done the same thing. I don't think Disney's going to give a flip, you know, if Wolverine's I don't think they're, making faces with uh, with the White Queen or with Jean Grey. Okay, Desperate Housewives killed a woman on panel in their very first episode. Yep. Desperate Housewives runs on ABC. Yep. ABC is owned by Touchstone. Touchstone right. is owned by Disney. Right. I don't believe that Disney is going. The, the reality of corporate America is that people are owned by other companies. I don't believe that Disney is going to be rebranding Marvel. I think probably the worst we'll see is the Gladstone line eventually moving under Marvel's umbrella or crossovers Which- between. 
you know, the, the revamping star comics that are supposed to be coming around and the boom comics, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to things like the, the deals that Marvel has with their movies or the deals that Disney has with their printing, if those contracts are signed, those contracts are signed for yeah. a time frame. Right. So I doubt we'll see any change immediately. And when we do see change, there's probably going to be, you know, internet the nerd cracking rage will go insane. What's with you in this nerd rage? Nobody just... but you is raging. Are you kidding it's me? You. People, it's no, you. people are freaking out. No, people man. are freaking out. Go look in the forums on the major spoiler site. Go look at the comic book resources, Newsarama, all this stuff. People are like, "This is the worst idea ever." Joe Casada, I thought he made a deal with the devil before, but now this is the worst that could happen. And there, there goes the public. We're going to be down to four books a year from Marvel from now on. That is literally what's out there. Good. That's literally what people are saying and their fears. Maybe I won't have to swap through (laughs) X-Men five times a month. Maybe I won't have to accidentally buy the wrong X-Men title because I read Uncanny because I like the writer. Then all of a sudden I get this issue of something else. It still says X-Men. Got the same cover dress. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's got Rogue in it. I don't like Rogue. I think she's a vampire now. But the whole problem that I have with this is comic book fans. We are trained, ingrained to believe that change is bad. And I don't think this is as much change as you think it is. The money that signs Joe Quesada's checks, that signs Bendis' checks, that finances Jon Favreau to make a movie, that finances Scarlett Johansson to be just freaking gorgeous and wear leather, <laughs> that money's coming from a different source. I don't think it's going to have any input on the actual finished product. It won't. And Steven, you work for a corporation, right? I do work for a big corporation. I work for a couple of them, actually. Okay, so you work for a corporation that works for a corporation that works for a corporation. Steve Jobs ever call you up and say, you know, Schleicher, that stuff you're doing <laughs> on your little website there, you need to knock that crap off. Uh, no, he hasn't called me, but his people have called me. <laughs> but they would have called anyone. Well, that's right, because they just don't like any bad press. But the the thing I, is, the, the business as usual, I agree with you completely, Matthew. Disney bought this because it is a cash cow. Yeah. I'm sure it's – I don't know what their financials are, but I'd have to go back and look at their last quarter. I'll bet statement. you their financials but it are is, there is a reason why Marvel stock is at $47. Mm-hmm. And I'll okay. tell you something else, too. If you love Marvel, this is a good thing for It you. is. It is. Because, you know, we've had to dribble by with the terrible Fantastic Four series and that, you know, the Roger Corman movie that was never supposed to be released. For so long, if you wanted to see a cartoon of Iron Man, you had to look at those things where they just put clutch cargo faces on Jack Kirby's animation. This is a good thing. This means this means that Marvel is now the arm of a multinational national conglomerate. This could mean a Brave and the Bold type series every single week. This could mean Wolverine having a cartoon that, you know, is on a major network. This could mean wonderful things for you. And, you know, it might also mean that somebody's going to go, "Do we really need two Wolverines?" Uh, yeah, but isn't then they're it a confusing say, having five characters called Captain Marvel all at once? And then they're going to so say, well, look how, much money, somebody. look how much money this brought in. And they're going to go, okay, moving on. Yep. You know, it, I, I, I don't think it's going to be – I don't think we're going to see any effect. I don't uh, think so. I think that we as fans and everyone who loves Marvel and everyone who hates Marvel is going to go, eh. Well, now they have I a scapegoat. It. Yeah, exactly. Rodrigo? Well, and, something. And, 
I think most importantly, the most important thing is that Disney knows better. Disney has gone in and mocked around with properties before, and it hasn't always worked out that well. If you look at and and the whole like making things more tame, part of the reason I think why nin- why Nintendo went downhill so hard in the '90s, why uh, Sony and Microsoft were hitting them so hard is because they said, oh, no, 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 we're not going to have any scary content that's not for kids. Right. And they just almost got ran off the market, at least in the United States. Um, it was, a, you know, part of their big comeback that they have gone to creating games that are for everyone. Right. So this could be what Disney does for Marvel, not just maintaining the old content, but also creating new content that will appeal across the board and have all the finance to back that up. I don't think we're going to see Tigger and Wolverine teaming up anytime soon. Well, that would I be kind of should. cool. That would be kind of cool. I could <laughs> what I think you might awesome. see, though, is in that uh, recent Spider-Man cover that J. Scott Campbell drew, mm-hmm. where uh, very sexy uh, Mary Jane and Peter Parker flying out the window. You might see a stuffed Pooh Bear sitting on her bed. Mm-hmm. You know, that might be the big influence that you see. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, there are some other more important questions beyond that boom question that we asked earlier. The one that's that's kind of interesting uh, that some people have pointed out is what happens to the theme parks. You know, Universal yeah. Studios has that huge superhero island or whatever it's called down there. Hulk roller coaster. Yeah. What happens to all of that? Well, you know, Six Flags has got the Batman ride. Yeah. You know, it's all a licensing thing. It, and now it's if, licensed content. And at if, a point, that license is going to go away. And they're going to call it the Timberwolf or the Flaming Envelope. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and as long as Disney can start getting money from Universal... They're gonna they're not gonna be happy with that. You know, it's not like Universal owns those characters or you know owns the rights to that those characters in the theme park. And, they're licensing it. And yeah. who knows? Disney might be more than happy to when the the yeah. licensing contract comes out. Be like, okay, we will sign another contract and just get more money from you guys. Yeah. Or they exactly. might sit there and say, hey, uh, Universal, then or you know, just let's say X Y Z company that's trying to screw us over releasing the Watchmen movie. Uh, maybe uh, 20th Century Fox. Maybe now we put the pressure on you and saying, if you want this, we want that. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's some there's some good business give and take that's going on in this. And in you know, those thing. again, those corporate realities. We don't have the slightest idea. There's probably nine guys who sat in a room for six months to hammer out whatever that licensing agreement was, and it's not going to go away just because somebody else is signing the checks. Yep. That licensing agreement, those existing agreements, they may be revisited, they may be rewritten, they may eventually go away. But right now, again, we're not going to see any effect for maybe two years. Oh, well, I even then, I, even then, the only thing I, I really do not think you're going to see any any change. How many of you have heard of Hyperion Press? I, that sounds familiar. They put out I some great books. You know who it's owned by? Disney. Hmm. It's a Disney imprint, but. You wouldn't know by looking at it. Oh, yeah. Likewise, unless people just burn it into their skulls, and they probably have, yeah. unless they burn it into their brains that Marvel is owned by Disney now, a year at the end of the year, people probably will have yeah, forgotten they, about yeah. it. Exactly. You know, when this deal is complete. Comics. It'll it'll be well, a it'll be a thing that Matthew says. You know, those guys are owned by Disney, by the way, and people yeah. will be like, "No, shut so up." They have the taint. They have the stink of well, Disney all over them. There is a huge upside to uh, someone like myself who is both a comic book aficionado and a jackass. It means that Joe <laughs> Quesada can no longer make jokes about DC being owned by a huge conglomerate and Marvel. That is, well, that that is. There you go. That's something. There you go, DC fans. That really Somebody is... on, the, on the forums, actually, or uh, on the website asked, 
Well, what happened when when Warner Brothers bought DC? Well, no, that happened they... in 1969. Yeah, <laughs> that happened before any of us were born. Uh, essentially, 1969, 40 years ago, is so different from today's corporate reality, it's not even worth talking about. Yeah. Warner Brothers didn't buy DC. National Periodical Publications and Warner actually merged 40 years ago. So I don't think it's going to make a difference. Well, I think, I think what it's going to do is mean, here's more money for you, Joe. Make make us comics. Well, or AVR Rad, who's just now rolling in the dough after this uh, Disney Marvel stock exchange thing that's going on. Uh, but you know the probably as far as DC Warner Brothers goes, um, who is it that's head of of DC? Uh, Levitz, Paul Levitz. Paul Levitz is, uh, I believe, the president. He used to answer directly to the Warner Brothers head, the head of Warner Brothers, the big giant head, the big giant head at Warner Brothers. <laughs> Incoming <laughs> message from the big giant head of you Warner Brothers. You can't see it, but I'm doing the salute. <laughs> so instead of Yakko and Wacko coming out, it's now going to be Mickey and Donald. Well, but see, the big the big change at Warner Brothers recently is that one of the um, presidents, vice presidents, and one of the other studios that they've shut down is now stepping in, and now Paul has to answer to her, who then she answers to the head of mm. Warner Brothers. So there's a little bit of control issue going on there, but, you know, really, it's going to be, are you making money for us, uh, Joe? Yes, I am. Very good. Keep up the good work. Click goodbye. Yep. Okay? Only when Marvel starts losing money, and it's not going to be in the comic or books. when it's there's be in negative the movies. publicity because of something. It's going to be like in the Princess movies. Diana. Well, that true. Uh, there's movies, there are, uh, television shows. That's what Disney's interested in people. Just remember Marketing. that. They're interested Underoos. in the, the properties. Merchandising. 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 That's really all the news that happened this week. I hate to tell you that. That's really that all the all news that happened this other week. Other things might have happened, but they were just totally There's eclipsed. nothing to In, in a couple of weeks, they'll, they'll be like, by the way, two weeks ago, this happened. Right, right. But. And mm -hmm. so, of course, after news, you know what happens after the news. It's time. It's time, I tell you. No, it's time for reviews. No. What? No. No, it is time. I have decided that the, you keep claiming there's a script. I'm done. There is no <laughs> script, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking at, at it. Today, now it that right the news here. is done, it says, reviews. It says reviews. For the millions of Mickey Mouses in attendance. <laughs> there's, there's nothing we can and do. And the dozens of <laughs> Donald ramble Ducks. On. Right, Might as well just go with home. it. Just shut up and roll. Okay. Roll with it. Rolling. Roll with it. Roll. We're rolling. I have decided Matthew has <laughs> overridden everything. Yes, yes it's officially yes. anarchy. Dogs and cats living together. The Wolverines major spoilers. Oh, the week, 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 Doesn't have to be schnick. Wolverine's claws popping out. Kabling. You know, that's a new sound that Wolverine's claws are going to make. It's probably going to be ching. I think we're going to find out that Goofy is actually the Ken. I, I think we're going to have him retconned as being one of the Weapon X rejects. Yeah. yeah he's actually <laughs> Weapon Negative 3. There you go. What is this, this fantastic poll of the week, Matthew? Well, the reason, of course, that I overrode your script oh, was simply yes. because and my suggestion this week's earlier. major spoilers <laughs> poll of the week, we take it before you. Disney bought Marvel Enterprises for $1 billion, more money than any 10 of us are going to see in the next 7,000 years. The <laughs> press conference... Said, no, 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 no need to upset the apple cart. We love Marvel. Marvel is good. All right, Stephen. Stephen is right. Nerd rampage. Nerd rampage. But <laughs> some people are saying that this is the end, the death of the House of Ideas. But 
we have to ask ourselves. This is the end. This week's poll of the week. <laughs> is it fucking really the end? You, faithful spoilerite, you get to cast your vote. Did I just throw an F-bomb without realizing I know. So it? So did I. I think I accidentally quoted uh, Control-Alt-Delete. I apologize for the inconvenience. What do you, the faithful spoilerites out there, think about the Marvel Disney, or as I'm going to call it, the Disvel okay. deal? All right. And our two options are, it's the bestest idea ever. You which do it is, in the Mickey Mouse gotten, voice. It's the bestest idea ever! <laughs> 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 it's got this really Please do not sue us, Disney. This is all parody. Please don't sue us, Marvel. Parody! Parody! It's a parody! parody. I hide behind the shield of parody <laughs> and attack the darkness! <laughs> um, <laughs> or, verily, this doth not bode well for anyone. That's an adorable Thor wearing Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah, that's a way. great... A lot of people doing mashups this past week. Yep. It's very, very cool. It's almost right already now, old. <laughs> it is. Right now, we want to know, is it... Is it is or is it ain't a good idea? Rodrigo, go. Well, we've already talked about our ideas. Okay, Rodrigo, go. Let's talk about other people's ideas. Okay. Since we've already talked, let's talk about other people's ideas. Right now, as of this particular moment, 71% of the viewers, voters at MajorSpoilers.com right, let's say I are saying something. Oh, bad okay. idea. 29%. 539 votes in right now. Twenty Only 29%. Saying that it's a positive thing. Um, some of the feedback that we're getting, and most of the feedback, Stephen has. I, I don't want to be insulting to anybody. I want you to know we love the faithful spoilerites. Everyone's opinion is welcome, but a lot of it is kind of they're all going to laugh at you. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of negativity. Um, I believe it's Bruce Bruce who points out. Uh, I don't see this as being any different than Warner Brothers being the parent company of DC in terms of the publishing side. As Steven said, you know, the implications are in terms of the other media. Yeah. I there's a lot of feedback and a lot of people who are very upset. And well, let's let's listen to I some voices of reason on this thing. Double dumbass on you says, I really do believe that Disney is not going to upset the Apple cart in terms of the Marvel publishing. They aren't going to turn every character and property into safe for the kiddies. They paid four billion for Marvel. There's no way that they're going to F up such a good thing. I, well, I've already said fuck one, so okay, we'll say it again. I'm sure they've taken notice of the DC uh, WP partnership and now they're unable and and how they're unable to get anything done and have learned from it. Like many people have said here and elsewhere, I'll believe we'll see a stronger presence in television, movies, and licensing where do Disney can flex its muscle. Also, I'm sure Hollywood Studios will see an upgrade, and Spidey Cap Wolverine will be prominent features, fixtures. I'm not going to get too worked over, up over this yet. Um, uh, I think the wisest word comes from faithful spoilerite Bob, who says, I really wish there was a third option. Eh. <laughs> Inspect, Inspect Den's Gadget says the purchase of Marvel was nothing more than a smart strategic move by Disney. Think of this buyout in the sense of Activision merging with Blizzard Entertainment. Do you remember that that happened like a year ago? Mm -mm. Who was no. Blizzard Entertainment? World of the Warcraft. These people just crank is. out money on a monthly basis. But both are ridiculously successful companies that do not need to change are they what the they're ones doing where you can ride around on a bear. Yeah, yes. Okay. Disney is a media conglomerate that spans everything from cartoons to primetime drama to theme parks to sports and music. At ease, fanboys! Disney just wants to make some money off of Marvel's unique intellectual property and won't change a thing at Marvel well other than possibly making some bad movies in the future. There you go. There you go. 
There you no. go. I think that we do need to back down on one thing, and I think that I, I know what Stephen is doing. What's that? Stephen is Stephen. Stephen is playing devil's advocate. No, but... because we've already said, look, but, but, people but, but, who comment, listen, people who commented on the site. My sentence is finishing. Okay, go ahead, finish. <laughs> I agree with what you're saying. But I think that to use the phrase nerd rage does really undermine one important thing. These characters are very important to people. And, you know, to say that it's just the comic book guy from The Simpsons in his basement of the Android's dungeon, you know, blogging about how terrible it is, does a disservice to the faithful spoilerites and the fans. I mean, these are important concepts to people. They are what they are. So. You know, we we can't necessarily say nerd rage is all of it, although there is some serious nerd rage going on. I think it's important to note that, you know, this could be something that you really get upset about. I remember when the monkeys broke up again in 86. I was crushed. I got a good uh, comment here by Maximus Rift. My usual knee-jerk reaction to Disney is repulsion. Don't get me wrong, they do great stuff. However, they will usually shoot for kids and or family-friendly stuff. This usually means if it isn't something politically correct, it ain't getting done. So if you thought getting rid of Logan's and or Fury Cigar was dumb, well, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm sorry, but I don't trust Disney to do anything grown up. That is just hmm. not thinking. That's not thinking. That's just not. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I respect everybody's opinion. But mm-hmm. again, look at Miramax Films. Look at some of the. I mean, just look at the blood fest that you saw in Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. That's owned by Disney. You didn't see him going in there and going, ah, can we cut down on the amount of blood in this movie? Can we maybe have daisies shooting out of their necks when their heads get chopped off? That would be much more kid-friendly. You didn't see that. And the cigar thing was not a a, a soulless corporate overlord. It was Joe Quesada, an artist, a creator, saying, as editor-in-chief, I don't want this in the books for this reason. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I say that the term, was a decision made by the creative staff, not by the moneylenders coming in and saying, you can't have them smoke or we'll kill you. Really, if you look at corporate America, they probably push cigarettes. Well, and how books. many people knew that uh, uh, Nabisco was owned by R.J.R. Reynolds back in the day? And R.J.R. Reynolds is the people that crank out cancer cigarettes. Well, I mean, well, how I many companies had cigarettes? The, uh, the, butter, the butterscotch uh, <laughs> nicotinas. Those are just, just you know, I use nerd rage as not a, you know, I call myself a nerd, a dork, a spaz, a geek. And so do we. And I, so does everybody call else. call you worse things than that, ass but you know, <laughs> But, you know, the thing is, when you get all worked up over something that really isn't going to impact you that much, it just seems kind of silly, especially when you haven't. And I'm not saying you particularly, you the listener, but when you, the general people, haven't really thought some of this stuff through and really look at it from both sides. Now, if there was a thing that said, you know, if they said in the press release, beginning today, we are looking at reorganizing Marvel, then you would have a a reason for concern. Joe Quesada is fired and the new editor-in-chief is, oh, I don't know, let's say Goofy. Yeah, you know, those kinds of things. Is Eisner still with Disney? No, he he, he left a long time ago. There is also after he took a bite out of Mortimer Mouse's ear. There is also one other thing that we can maybe look forward to. If Disney is in fact the forward-thinking company that we've seen it to be, uh, when it's not firing its entire animation division, uh, <laughs> and and really that was you could accuse them of, of being too forward-thinking in that right, case. Right. We could see, you know, even Thirty Rock type stuff. How many jokes do you see in Thirty Rock about them being owned by General Electric? Right. I mean, you could uh, potentially. Now Marvel has that going for them. Yep. Yep. You know what? I'm looking at the uh, time. We have really gone 
really, really long this week. Yes. So let's get back to checking out that quick email you had. Okay. Well, it's not so much as an email as so much as announcing the winner of our contest from last week, where I asked everyone to take a look at our art appreciation mo- uh, moments of the theme. day from mm-hmm. August 16th through the 21st and see if they could figure out the theme. It's a pretty simple theme, really. I wanted lots of people to, to enter and potentially win to get these three trade paperbacks of Tank Girl. I, I didn't. And didn't the theme was, was people the theme. who've never been in my kitchen. Yeah, that's it. Uh, the theme that week was Robert E. Howard. All of Robert E. Howard characters that were created uh, didn't include Red Sonia. That happened on Saturday, not Monday, when the contest started. And we had about, oh, I don't know, two dozen people cool. enter the contest, which cool. means that odds of winning greatly through the roof. Through a random number generator, and the winner is Edward G. Sallow. Actually, Dr. Edward G. Salo or Sallow. Reverend Edward Monsignor, Reverend, Dr. <laughs> Edward G. Sallow. He's the winner, and I'm going to put these in the mail at some point in the future. It took me a month to get uh, day, or, um, Julian's <laughs> prizes out the door. <laughs> so those are on the way to him. Hopefully by the time he hears this, your prizes are at your door, Julian. Let's hope so. Uh, do we have time? Uh, check the back door, Julian, because they tend to just drop them on your porch. What do we want to do? We do have time for some quick reviews. I think we we need to do, I'm going to say 35 words or less. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Kablamicus, go. All right, Rodrigo, Hercules, the Knives of Kush, number two. Okay, this is the second issue of the Knives of Kush storyline. Hercules, still in Egypt, hanging out, beating guys up. Um, He, one of his uh, Argonaut type friends is a lesbian and she gets it on with the princess of Egypt. Uh, Whoa, wait a minute. Good art. Describe that in detail. Good art. Three slices of meatloaf. Out. All right. Batman, The Widening Geyer, number one, from sure. Kevin Smith, uh, Walter okay. Flanagan. What's that, Matthew? W- Walt Flanagan, gyre. Okay. Widening, Widening gyre. gyre, sorry. Widening Gyre, gyroscope. We were talking about this before the show. Where does that name come from, Matthew? The word gyre comes from the Greek gyre, meaning a ring or a circle or a circular course, okay. specifically used in oceanography, a ring-like system of rotating or swirling motions. All right. Uh, So this time Batman encounters a new vigilante who's kind of uh, dressed up just like him, uh, written by Kevin Smith. So expect some wordiness from Kevin Smith, as you might always do. Art is really good. A lot of flashbacks, uh, killing a a Jewish, breaking up a Jewish uh, uh, temple at the beginning of the issue should set a lot of people off, I'm sure. Uh, But, you know, Batman and Robin do take down an evil Nazi uh, uh, horde. Poison Ivy takes over Arkham Asylum. The demon shows up. Uh, we start to uncover a plot. First issue, I didn't like uh, Cacophony when it came out. This one, I'm giving three and a half s- slices of the meatloaf. Nice. Mm-hmm. We'll see if cool. the series continues for me. Matthew. Hi there. Flash Rebirth, number four. In a nutshell, Barry Allen in the Speed Force. Barry Allen is the Speed Force. Yobard Thwain, the reverse flash in the Speed Force. Yobard Thwain poisons the Speed Force. Max Mercury in the Speed Force. Max Mercury back from the Speed Force. Ooh, cool. The basic deal here is Jeff Johns has gone back to the well with what he did in Green Lantern Rebirth. It's not working as well as it did with Green Lantern. I don't hate it, but I'm still irritated by Barry Allen. Double irritated by the return of the reverse flash. Worried that they're going to kill Wally Wally West, but it's good that Max is back from the dead. And we end the issue with one of the corniest moments of all time. Ask me what it is on the thing, and we'll talk about it next week on the Major Spoilers podcast. But now that the reviews are over, we normally do the poll of the week, but we're not going to do that. So let's talk about 
our trade paperback review, Astro City, The Dark Age. I, I should also mention that we try to get more reviews up there on the Majorspoilers.com website, so you might want to check it out there. We do, we do, we do what we do, what we do. You know what, About- we gotta we gotta try to do a rapid-fire roundup of comic books. We like really ought to, because i got a stack of books as long as your arm. Well, so do I, that I need to finish reading, too. So, yeah, But no, let I us talk about... Let us reading. talk. Isn't Kurt, Kurt Busick, isn't he from Kansas City? Kurt Busick? I'm not sure where he's from, actually. I, I thought he was from the... Let's look it up on the wiki really quick while we talk you about... You should totally wiki it. While you do that, I'll talk about Astro City. Tell us, first of all, Matthew, there is a lot of people out there who don't know what the hell Astro City is, which is a shame. And they are wrong. Astro City is... The premier creator-owned comic book universe, The End. (laughs) About 15 years ago, Kurt Busiek started writing the stories of Astro City. And Astro City itself, the city and the culture and the world, is so fascinating and such a pervasive character in the book that it's actually sometimes more interesting than the superheroes. Your basic Astro City story takes something you know, say, Lois Lane trying to find out Superman's identity, or... Captain Marvel's friend, Mr. Talkie Tawny, being a living cartoon lion, and breaks it down into what it would really mean in a world where things happen the way things happen in the real world. Astro City, the Dark Age, started, um, I want to say, during the Bronze Age. Yeah, it started in the 50s. 1956. Um, no, actually, I don't know. But <laughs> the <laughs> Astro City, the Dark Age, is a story of Charles and Royal Williams, who are brothers, one becomes a policeman, the other becomes a petty criminal after the murder of their parents during a superhero scuffle. The the silver agent, who's kind of a Captain America sort of pastiche character, Poor ends up fighting with agents silver. of Pyramid. Their parents <laughs> are killed. And the Dark Age is the story of Charles and Royal growing up in this superhero-filled world and trying to come to terms with really what happened to them and, and what they're going to do with their lives. Yeah, I, I just find this whole concept of Astro City really fascinating. And isn't it often times that most of the – remember the that series Marvels mm-hmm. where it was like we saw the Marvel Universe through the eye of the photographer? That's mm-hmm. kind of like what happens here in, in Dark Age. Yes, Very there's similar. a lot of superhero stuff going on, but it's all kind of peripheral to what's going on with uh, with these two brothers' lives. Mm-hmm. In that, about- yes, we do see these actions happening in the city. And these guys are involved and are part of the city, and yet, you know, it's not a superhero story. Right. It's it's a story that's very close to me for what real life is actually about. Charles and Royal are trying to make it, you know, be successful as a cop or make that one big score that's going to get them, you know, the money that they wanted. Charles and Royal, our point of view characters, live in this world where superheroes exist, but that doesn't fix everything. Mm-hmm. You know, the Fantastic Four type characters are there, the first but that doesn't family. mean the yep. first family, but that doesn't mean that their technology has made the world a better place. Maybe. They live in a world pretty much like ours, with the exception of the fact that some people's job is to put on a funny suit and fight other funny suited people. The reason I asked about him being from Kansas City is there's been a lot of speculation of where Astro City really is at. Mm-hmm. France. And you think it's France? Okay. I think it's in France. Uh, there's been some speculation <laughs> that it might be in the Kansas City, in somewhere between Kansas City and... St. Uh, Louis. Well, where does the Ohio and the Missouri meet up? Cincinnati. Okay. It might be somewhere around there. So somewhere between 
here and there, uh, Astro City lurks. Mm. And there was even a scene in one of the series before where the Silver Guardian is agent, uh, agent is flying by Salina, Kansas. So mm. there's uh, some interesting stuff there. Where do you, mm-hmm. We've talked before about what cities would you want to live in. Mm-hmm. And I was always saying people are crazy if they want to live in Gotham City. Yeah. Would oh, you yeah. want to live in Astro City? I would be okay living in modern Astro City. I wouldn't have wanted <laughs> to live in the Astro City during the 70s. And there are places in Astro City that are relatively yeah. safe. Right. I wouldn't want to live in like Dead Man's Hill or whatever. Right. Although I hear that's right. pretty Shadow safe because there's, yeah, there's a hangman right, that right, hangs right. out and kills bad guys there. So maybe I would want to live there. Yeah. Now this is the, what is this, the fifth volume? One, two, three, four, five, sixth volume of the Astro City series that we're reviewing, uh, covering issues one through four. The Dark Age Age miniseries, book one, one, issues one through four. Yeah. And, Rodrigo, when did you start first reading Astro City? Um, I probably started when I was in high school. It was like three years ago. (laughs) (laughs) You're making the jokes. Rodrigo, Rodrigo, making the jokes so we don't have to. Exactly. (laughs) Um, No, when I first encountered Astro City, I was just fascinated by it. I thought it was, it it may have been the very first like real introspective superhero comic that I got into. Um, I like, you know, it's the, the, the previous ones. I mean, it's very easy to draw the, uh, the parallels between the Confessor and Batman and kind right, of uh, right. Jack in the Box and Spider-Man kind yeah. of. Um, so to me, I was like, oh, oh, that's what's going on. Cool. Awesome. Is that where Righteous. you first start picking yeah. up the word trope and using that a lot? No, I uh, started that out at uh, Northwestern University Name in Evanston, dropping. Illinois, where I went to school. Name Graduated dropping. with a BS in radio, TV, and film. You got BS, a BS? That's BS awesome. being the uh, operative word well, there. Why didn't you go for the arts and get the, the, the foreign language? Um, No, I did. You need... Oh, okay. you If you don't take... A language, then you can get a BA. I think you oh, have okay. to take a language that you don't speak. Yeah. Well, you here's you the could, thing. I showed up. Spanish. I showed up, and I was like, Spanish, "They, dude. they were well. They, they were saying like you can take a test right. and just get your language requirement." Right. And I never got around to that, so I was like, oh, "I'll just take whatever they want to give me." Oh, okay. Whatever degree, and then I just happened to take a Spanish class, and they're like, "Oh, this counts." Oh, okay. Like well, a Spanish cool. literature class. So, uh, which going is back clearly to relevant Astro, to this. Going back, back to, to Astro, Astro City. City. I, my, it would have been in 95 or something when this was first, when did this first come out, Matthew? 95. 95. I yep. think when it first came out with, uh, Life in the Big City, that's when I first started to take notice of, whoa, what is this? This is something different. And it's telling a story that's I mean, not a superhero so story. so beautifully familiar. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that you hear absolutely. from so many other places. And it, I guess my biggest problem with the whole Astro City series has been in its release schedule. Mm-hmm. Well, Man, that series would be on and off and on and off. You never knew when a new well, issue was going to be coming out. And so that really kind of made it drop off my radar about what You know the reason behind that, though. Why is that? He's Kurt, uh, Kurt Busick yes, actually yes. has, I want to say it's some sort of sinus uh, infection issue or rec- recurring issue. Basically, it's his health to where- oh, okay. The amount of work and the amount of uh, energy that he wants to put into an Astro City story when he hasn't been feeling well, can't do it. 
And then, of course, Bren Anderson, who draws the book, also has other things that he does. He, notably, he did the last third of Rising Stars right. back in the day. Right. So it's one of those things where, uh, historically, for probably the last eight, nine years, Kurt has been writing the Astro City stories a little bit at a time when he feels up to it. So it's one of those things where it truly is a labor of love. And when an issue of Astro City comes out, it really is worth the wait. It's, oh, it is. It is. It's a party. Well, Scroll Bryant even loves Astro City. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he doesn't go out and read that many comic books. So if he's Otter picking Disaster up Astro City. is a huge Astro City fan from way back. Well, what, what is it about Astro City that sets it apart from DC Universe or from Marvel 616? Well, there's, there's two things that you have to look at. Rodrigo pointed out um, you can look at Jack in the Box and see his, re- his relativity to Spider-Man and Samaritan as he, you know, relates to Superman. But Jack in the Box isn't Spider-Man. Jack in the Box is more than just a Spider-Man analog. He's That's not right. just like man spider. Jack in the Box has elements of, of, of black lightning. Jack in the Box has elements of the kind of things that you see in, um, I was going to say creeper. Kind of book. I was going to yeah. say creeper. Yeah, definitely. Creeper. There, but there are also elements in his story of, you know, the, the Phantom's legacy of carrying on the hero and mm-hmm. with Samaritan. The first issue is A Dream of Flying, and this is not in this arc, and I'm going off on a tangent. Samaritan's whole deal is he's like Superman. What would it be like to have that power? And throughout the issue, Samaritan wakes up from a dream that he flies, that he's flying around. And you ask, why would Superman dream he's flying? Throughout that first issue, Samaritan goes from crisis to crisis to crisis to crisis. And you hear him going, I then flew and took care of a volcano. Total flight time. 3.7 3.7 seconds. Mm-hmm. So over the course of that 24-hour day, Samaritan gets maybe five minutes of airtime, goes home, crashes out, and immediately falls asleep and dreams of flying. Yeah. The whole point of Astro City is that it takes archetypes, and it doesn't make them analog stand-ins. It's not, mm-hmm. this was Arachnaman, and his name is... uh. Porter Palmer, and he has this girlfriend, uh, Margie Joe. No, it's not about that. It's about what's behind the superhero metaphor. And the Dark Age, the first arc of the Dark Age, isn't about the Silver Agent and his story. But it tells the Silver Agent story, and most importantly, the Silver Agent first appeared in issue two of the book 15 years ago, and all we saw was a little statue of the Silver Agent that said, to our eternal shame. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Obviously, something happened. Right. And it's this, that you look at that and you're like, oh my God, what, what could have happened? And then they finally get around to telling the Silver Agent's story here, or portions of the Silver Agent's story. Like Astro City, to me, the most beautiful moment of Astro City is they do a crisis on infinite Earths Everybody teams up and fights to save the universe moment. Right. But we don't see that. What we see is one man's, the the effect it has on one single man. And how when the universe was recreated after the infinite crisis, his wife never existed. Mm -hmm. And how the hangman comes to him and says, look, this is what happened. I'm telling you right now, the heroes saved the universe. The world is a better place because they did this. And it means that your wife doesn't exist. And right now I'm here to offer you, I will take away your memory of her. 
And the whole point of that story isn't the heroes all teamed up to save the universe from this huge overarching threat. It's this one man loved his wife so much that even though she doesn't exist anymore, he wouldn't let the hangman take away his memory. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That is a human story. That is a universal story. If you've ever loved anybody who is gone, if you've ever had someone die, if you've ever lost a parent, a friend, a family member, that feeling Everybody knows what that's about. Not everybody knows what it's like to be the princess of Amazonia or the rich brat who puts on mm -hmm. tights and adopts teenagers who then die repeatedly. In in the Dark Age book, the Silver Agent was present when Royal and, and Charles's parents were killed. Mm -hmm. And there's implications for about three or four, almost, I don't know how many issues this goes. It's longer Pretty much than half four. Half the book. Half the book, there's implications that maybe he killed mm -hmm. their parents. They're um, not sure who killed their parents. Yeah, they really, they, they really they don't know because they were him. kids hiding at the time. But, you know, whatever happened, they split off. One went, went, went good, one went bad, like Matthew says. But then the Silver Agent, the story that kind of gets Astro City stirred up, is the Silver Agent is arrested for killing essentially a terrorist or protecting uh, well, no, uh, North he gets, Vietnam. And he kills no, the He kills, he kills the like ambassador. the head of the ambassador. And, and really, I think the ruler of, you know, some fictitious Slovenia. evil nation. Yeah. yeah. How, lower Slobovia. And instead of just, you know, saying, hey, that's the way it is, and I'm the hero and moving on, you know, he goes to trial and, mm -hmm. you know, it's... there are people upset about this. There are people that are that are not upset about this. They're glad and they're saying death penalty, death penalty. And it turns out that the silver agent does, you know, die. Go to, yep. He goes they, to the electric chair him. and immediately afterwards, it's discovered again. that he didn't do it. Well, and not only that, but... He dies, and yet five minutes later, he appears over the city to stop a big invasion, mm -hmm. yep. and he comes down and he says, oh, I'm glad that I made it back to 1972 or whatever it is, mm -hmm. and then he vanishes, and then suddenly everyone realizes, number one, that he's a time traveler, number two, that they've made a huge mistake and they've sent the wrong guy to jail, and that may be why in that second issue of the first oh, well, story arc, probably absolutely to our right. eternal to our shame, eternal shame, because yeah. everyone realizes that they let themselves get caught up in the moment and yeah. they killed a good man. Mm -hmm. And I thought What's that was just so fascinating about this story is that, you know, throughout it, the Silver Agent's just doing it with his chin held high and he's not like trying to proclaim his innocence. In fact, he tells his lawyer when it when the appeal comes up, no, no, no don't no, don't worry yes. about it. Yep. And so that really shows that he's a hero that's willing to die for a cause. Yeah. But moreover, he's he's kind of symbolic. And I think it's important to note his name is the Silver Agent. And he's active from about 1954 to about 1972, 1973. Mm -hmm. I wonder what else. <laughs> could have gone from about 1954 to 1973. Oh, wait, I'm a comics historian. Isn't that the silver age of comic books? Yes. I love the fact that Astro City isn't just about the archetype of the hero. It's about the history, and it's about the way comic books and their creators and the stories have become so pervasive. One of the you know, the, the the recurring gags that you'll see is um, the first family, who are very analogous to the Fantastic Four in a lot of ways, right. live on Mount Mount Kirby. Right. Yep. 
Right. And the the prison is Biro Island, named after Charles Biro. Charles Biro's second most famous creation was the comic book Crime Does Not Pay. Mm-hmm. See, these things are in there. If you, um, there's one point where they're talking about Fujitani Bay. Bob Fujitani was uh, a Golden Age artist who drew the Hangman. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you make all these connections, and if your brain works the way my brain does, there are every single panel. There are moments where you just go, "Hey, that, hey, oh, absolutely." Yeah, yeah. There are so many levels to Astro City. Just, just. Like, imagine being in that world and, like, people, like, looking up at things and being like, God damn, that does not make any sense. Right. That's what comic books are. I mean, you reading a comic, you are privy to everything that's happening to these characters. And you might go, because that does not make any goddamn sense. Right, right, right. Imagine not knowing. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how he can take the things that are stupid about comic books you know yeah. things that are mm-hmm. weird mm-hmm. like the apollo 11 right you know it's right. like <laughs> why do these characters exist because that's a cool name that's why <laughs> you know and, and yet manages to crank something that is cool out of it you're kind of simultaneously noble yeah you're simultaneously looking at here's what's crazy about comics and this is why it's great. Well, but also that split is also kind of mirrors in the split of the two brothers, mm-hmm. where one really is trying to be the good cop and live up to the ideal dream of the American experience. He wants to buy a house. He wants to have kids. He wants to live in the suburbs, all these great things. And yet everything that he's trying to do gets turned on him, just kind of like mm-hmm. what happens in comic books, where his wife is a gold digger and ends up leaving him. And his he gets a crooked cop. Yeah, he has to be. Well, in fact, half the force is crooked cops. So you've got the crooked cops trying to bring him into their side, and you've got the the uh, internal affairs guy trying to bring him in so that they can bust the corrupt cops. And then he mm-hmm. ends up getting shot at the end of this the, this first trade. And then on the flip side, you've got his brother uh, Royal, who went a totally different direction, becomes a petty thief, really likes to stay in the shadows, and then throughout the book, because of just circumstances, mm-hmm. he gets propelled to the front, very much like what happens in smaller comic books that. All of a sudden, get a little bit of notice. Mm-hmm. They've been languishing away for years over here in this part of the the, the shelf, and then mm-hmm. suddenly, boom! It's right up in front of people. And all of a sudden, and, it's a mortal iron fist. Well, and then how does this character deal with this? And does he do the right thing? Does he do the not right thing? And mm-hmm. it's so you can see a lot of parallels that are going on in this world. But I do like the fact that this story is told from the citizen's perspective, mm-hmm. and you As- don't and you don't have to worry about. Why, yes, I'm going to punch you in the rock'em sock'em jaw, you know, <laughs> on every other page. Right. But, I mean, that's that's the best part about it, is it's relatable, at least in theory. It seems to me like this would be a book that's relatable, even if you're not a huge comic geek, a huge comic mm-hmm. fan. You You don't have to, you know, you don't have to love the Golden Age characters. You don't have to be able to look at them and say, these are awesome. You can kind of go, you know, uh, Jake Eric's got a hubcap on his head here. Right. You know, it's... You just kind of got to go with the flow with it. And even then, you know, you don't... You know, there's this whole thing where Royal gets involved with the platypus mm-hmm. and Jitterjack. And then there's this royal mob. This, uh, uh, not the royal mob, this... Uh, the pyramid. Uh, the, yeah, the pyramid mob. Or this mm-hmm. other group of people that oh, are walking around with crows on their heads and guns blazing. Oh, yeah. And you don't know <laughs> anything else about this group of people except for this one wacky panel where these, like, giant crow heads with guns walk in the streets. 
You don't have to know about any of that. You don't have to know anything about that. Yep. Because it's not central to the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it helps you shape, it helps you see where these characters are coming from and shaping these characters. Mm-hmm. So it's more about the police and the cop, or the police and the crook, than it is, and brothers, mm-hmm. than it is about the silver agent and, and the first family spelled F-U-R-S-T or, right. uh, or Grim Jack or any of these other guys running around. And yet... All of these characters have something that's all of the superheroes have something that's very unique to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Blue Knight, who is essentially the Punisher, right. um, along with a couple other guys, you know, rolled in there, has this Char- very particular Charles. thing about him. You know, he's like this brand new thing. He's a he's a hero that actually kills bad guys. Right. And he has that sight, you know, right. that, that little laser point. He marks sight. you on Yeah, your he neck. marks you. And I don't know, I've never seen anything like that. And I remember reading this and I was like, That is awesome. Yeah. I especially, want to read more about this character. Especially in the way that Royal tries to get around being mm-hmm. executed. You know, he he turns into a crazy man. He turns into the tinfoil hat yep. experience and living in the yep. sewers to block the, the radiation or whatever that's coming out of that. Yeah, there are some great things. And I remember reading that in that first series um, with the, uh, what was, what was the name? Halo, the Halo guy, the, um, the oh, street vampire. The street angel. Yeah. Oh, no, the confessor. Oh, the, the confessor. Vampire. The confessor. Where he's the Batman uh, trope, you know, but you see him in the periphery in that first series. It's not until the second volume where mm-hmm. you find out his story and you're like, what is it with this guy? What is it with this guy? And then finally you get the answer and you're like, I'm not sure I wanted to know that stuff. Yeah. Because the answer is maybe and neither often more. did Alter Boy. Right. And the answer is often more horrible than the than the question that you're asking. And so maybe rodrigo in question of the blue knight maybe you don't want to know well and and that's that's a great thing about it is Busek is such a tease i mean he's for what 15 years yeah we've been trying to figure out what the hell happened to the silver agent right he right. just he just kind of tells us in this one and it's not even all about the silver agent it's like oh yeah by the way this is what happened to the silver agent but let me tell you about these two brothers right 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 yeah. right right now uh, i think that's a point of of astro city it's it's why it takes so long to write. It's not just, and superhero A arrives, and then superhero B arrives, and they end up fighting supervillain C. It's actually very complex and weird, and you have to go through and think, well, okay, wait a minute. In this arc, the Silver Agent is doing this, which means that the last time we saw him in the past was technically his future, wasn't it? Maybe? No? I don't know. Yeah, because he keeps showing up. Now, because of the release schedule, I will mm-hmm. admit I've only read... This is the only third collected trait of Vastor City that I've read. I read Life in the Big City, and I read Confession. Mm-hmm. I missed Family Album. I missed Tarnished Angel. I missed Local Heroes. And so I picked up Go uh, get Dark Age, Book One, Brothers, and Other Strangers. So I don't know what happened. And, of course, 15 years running through my head is like, well, I kind of vaguely know who these people are from the first series and everything. Well... And so you, I, I want. This is the point I'm getting at. Is I don't think you have to start from the beginning to understand right. what's going on. You don't. Because... Starting from the beginning won't give you any more context than starting at the beginning of any given trade paperback will. It, it really does doesn't because he. I mean, I, it took him this long to get to the 70s. He, you know, it doesn't start. Here's Ast- here's the funding. Here's when uh, Astro City was founded. Right. Here are all the superheroes that were around. I mean, you get bits and pieces of the history of Astro City. As you go, so you can skip a couple of them. No, as far as I know, 
none of these trades spoil the ending of previous trades because they're so self, yeah, yeah, self uh, contained. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I will we'll say this. We'll spoil them for you. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's what we do. That's what I, we do. I will say this though. The writing, Matthew, you had mentioned a moment ago uh, that it's so dense mm-hmm. and in a good way. But I found Absolutely. myself getting through the the prologue and about half of the first issue, and I had to literally just set this down and go, I'm not sure I'm liking this. Mm-hmm. And it took me about a day and a half before I said, okay, I do need to finish this for the show. And so I started reading it, and after about that first issue – Again, that's where it starts to pick up and you start to see what's happening. You start to see the mystery. You start to understand these characters more. And I bet you I finished reading – well, not I bet you. I did finish reading this in one more sitting, Mm -hmm. one entire sitting, and it was well worth it. Okay, so people who are thinking it's maybe a little bit too highbrow or you have to be a comic book uh, fan to know all this stuff or that the writing is going to scare you away, it is maybe at first, but read it for what it is. Yeah. The Dark Age is admittedly not the most – it's probably not the most uh, fortuitous place to jump into Astro City. It isn't. I, I would – this one is not my favorite by far. Right. But it's still a, an experience where uh, – well, there, there's something that happens in Astro City. And you'll see a real quick short issue – that goes, oh, my God, I never thought about that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was an issue with Atomicus, who was a an atomic Superman, and this creepy woman kept trying to figure out his identity, and he finally flipped out and screamed at her that he doesn't understand what the hell does she actually want. Just leave him alone. And that was just one of those moments. And then it goes into a long arc about, you know, Steeljack. It's like 57,000 issues long. And every single issue is this little gem but then you put it all together uh, about and it's just a villain. Much longer thing. Uh, about this like second run villain. It's just uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I love Astro City. <laughs> I think that sums it up right there. Love, love, love Astro City, right? Oh, yeah. Matthew, mm-hmm. do you feel the same way? Oh, absolutely. I bought the first issue off the stands and went, yeah, I'm buying this until they, you know, kill stop me or it. stop what, writing it. What about the Alex Ross covers? Do those bother you at all? You're not I'm a big not Alex really. Ross fan. I would have to say I am probably the world's smallest Alex Ross fan. Um, I think <laughs> that means I the think rest the of the Alex, Alex Ross, Ross fans focus. are fat. <laughs> Shut up. The Alex <laughs> Ross focus um, is minimal. It's not about look at me, I'm Alex Ross. Yeah. Which, let's be frank, that's what everything Alex Ross writes is about. It's more of a subtle kind of take on. Alex Ross, I think, is one of the major designers, one of the major design elements yeah. that have made Astro City what it is. Yes. But the book is primarily visually designed by Brent Anderson, whom mm-hmm. I love to death. So I think I can deal with the whole, you know, the Alex Ross connection in as much as it isn't just like the superheroes aren't the focus of the stories. Alex Ross drawing them is not the focus of the pictures. Yeah. Right. Alex Ross designing them for other people to draw actually improves Alex Ross's work by yeah, leaps and bounds. Well. So, Matthew, then what are your thoughts of Astro City, The Dark Age, Brothers, and Other Strangers? Volume 1. Volume 1. Uh, volume 1. And now, is, is Volume 1 collecting The Dark Age, Book 1 and 2? Uh, Dark Age, Book 1, number 1 through 4, Astro City, The Dark Age, Book 
two, well, this can't be right. Astro City, The Dark Age 2 also covers one through four. So it's just covering book, book There was one. book one, which was four issues, yeah. and then book two, which is four issues. They just released the tail end of Astro City, The Dark Age, book three, which was four issues. Yeah, this is books one and, and then, two. Books one and okay. two, one through So four. that's an eight-issue arc. So yes. technically, this does cover up to the point where Charles is shot. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. It, it covers the portion with the street angel, yes. with black velvet. It yep. covers all yep. the stuff with the platypus. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Five stars. Okay. Five slices of meatloaf. This arc uh, together, the first four start, they start slow and they work their way into it, but by the time you get to that first half, when you get to book two, issue four, it's definitely worth the drive. Oh, I definitely agree with you. I'm not going to give it five stars or five slices. No, you are. I'm going to give it four and a half because I thought there were some times where the art was a little funky in places. Um, But, you know, I like this a lot Mm -hmm. and I would really encourage anyone. Again, those of you who are looking to us for trade recommendations or who have never heard of Astro City before, I would say this is an okay place to start, even though Rodrigo said it wasn't his favorite. Certainly, I would go and try to track down the others. Life in the Big City is one of my favorites. Life in the Big City is definitely the place to start. I would start with either Life in the Big City or um, Confessions. Yeah, Confessions wasn't bad either. Probably Life in the Big City. Yeah. You probably don't want to start with Steeljack's arc, and I don't know what it's called. Okay. Um, This is a... This is a good, good, good series. I think you guys should should check oh, that out. Absolutely. Any other thoughts? Any other final word mentions that you want to shout out there? Um, Kurt Music is wonderful. I'm pretty good, sure. I, I still never found out Astro City. I still never found out where exactly he lives, but he has been at Planet Comic Con quite a bit. That's why I keep wanting to say that he's he lives up at, in uh, a secret Kansas island City. that is never in. He the lives same in place the bowels twice. of a sperm whale. Yeah, there you go, bowels. Um, all right, everybody, that wraps it up this week for the show. Thank you for being a part of the Major Spoilers experience. Don't forget to check out the website where we've got more news, reviews, and interviews. We also have the Major Spoilers Adventure, our webcomic. We have Major Spoilers merchandise that you can check out. We have Critical Hit, our Major Spoilers Dungeons & Dragons podcast, which is doing incredibly well. Thank you, everyone, for all the hard work that you've done to put that as a featured show up on the iTunes page under gaming. We would really love you to give, you, give us some more five-star reviews and vote on, on that uh, uh, show over at the iTunes so we can make it to the front page of the iTunes podcast directory. And, of course, don't forget the forums. Rodrigo's taking great care of that. Dante provides the art. Matthew provides the words. I provide the organization. And we call it the Major Spoilers Experience because it's all about entertaining you, our fans. Next week, we're coming back with a Grant Morrison tale about animals inside robot bodies called We Three. Sounds good. I'm I'm hoping it is because, you know, Grant Morrison's been kind of up and down for me over the last couple of years. So we're going to be taking a look at that next week on the Major Spoilers Podcast because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we'll talk with you next time. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. Bad the X-ray vision of a Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page Would be backwards I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew It kicked my butt out on the corner 
What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I mean terrific this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Star Raven rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fun Being in the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2009 uh, Hey guys, this is Ed um, Called a few times I wanted to talk about uh, Disney buying Marvel um, Personally, I don't think it's a good thing for Marvel. Um, I realize that Disney, well, that DC is owned by a large corporation also, but um, I think that since Disney is more entertainment oriented, that they're going to try to steer Marvel in a way that they think is the way it should be, um, which might influence the way uh, Marvel produces its product. I could be totally wrong. They could, um, you know, they could just let them go and just make the money off of it. So, um, either way, I just don't. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens, but I just don't think it's going to be a good fit for Marvel. Uh, I think Disney made a, a good move. They bought a product that's making money and making good name recognition. And I want to know what's going to happen down at the parks down there since. Universal has all the um, Marvel rides and characters. Are they going to have to stop using them? Uh, well, thanks, and I look forward to hearing you guys' comments. Bye. It's Tim from St. Louis. Um, got some comments on the Marvel Disney deal. The whole thing to me feels like Jack Daniels and Fruit Loops. Um, had Fruit Loops as a kid, like Fruit Loops as a kid. Didn't really have Jack Daniels as a kid. Not to say that I wasn't into Marvel. You know, I'm sure if you understand the analogy at this point, Disney's the Fruit Loops, Marvel's the whiskey. But it just doesn't feel right. It's just those two things. And who knows? Maybe whiskey and Fruit Loops is great. You know, I I wouldn't try it. Um, but that's just me. Um, I think the real thing that has me most concerned is the how the intellectual property is going to be handled, you know, all the Marvel characters. If you see some of the... I mean, I have a two-year-old. I watch the Disney Channel. I see... I mean, we're talking about the same people who came up with freaking Hannah Montana, for Christ's sake. I mean, <laughs> is she going to start making cameos in, all, you know, in Iron Man 3 or in Spider-Man 4 or 5? Or, and it's just... 
it just doesn't feel and that's another part what's going to happen to all these movie deals you know I just was reading rumors on the internet that Raimi was supposed to come out and do another three when Spider-Man right now is being handled by Sony Pictures how long does that deal go on for and that would just be weird if <laughs> all of a sudden Disney's making money off of Sony Pictures but that's a whole other deal um, the one thing that I guess as a social commentary that has me concerned would be the the threads that I've seen where, especially right on the main, um, on major spoilers, uh, kids saying, can't wait to see the next Kingdom Hearts game. Now, I know there's a tint of sarcasm to that, but I can't help but think some of these kids are actually excited to see that. Um, it just feels like in these future generations, and I always I seem like some dumb old man or something like that, but it just feels like nothing is sacred anymore. Like, when I was a kid, you, you just wouldn't think that Disney... Marvel, no. I mean, no, it's it's like your Jack Daniels and your Fruit Loops. It's just not going to happen. Um, so it just, you know, that air that Marvel always had, you know, that real kind of, I don't want to say badass, ton, you know, tone, but it's just something from your childhood that you've held dear for so many years, and now with all these movies coming out, you know, it's just making it that much more great. You get to relive your childhood a little bit. And now it's just busted. Now I got, you know, Ursula is going to go out and team up with the fucking Galactus or some bullshit. And Fantastic Four and Mickey Mouse are going to take to the <laughs> take to the skies and have at it. But I'm just, I'm worried. Um, Disney said they're not going to rock the boat. How far can you trust them with that? I'm not really worried about now. Maybe for a couple years they won't rock the boat, but then you start seeing the crossovers happening, and then all of a sudden anything goes because they're just trying to make money. So I'm, I can't say I'm disappointed in Marvel for taking it because I'm sure Disney has a lot of resources that they could use to get their hands on. Um, but I'm disappointed, and you know they have to please their shareholders too. But I'm I'm just uneasy about it, feels like a piece of my childhood is just gone. Even though both companies were a piece of my childhood, um, it's just weird. It's like seeing your mom date your uncle, I guess, you know. So, uh, that's my comments. Hopefully things turn out well, like major spoilers. Um, take it easy, guys.